Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Wherever you are, this is Michelle and Serena. And this is From, From the, the Root, Root a, a discussion based podcast that explores holistic wellness through our lived experiences as Black queer people. Today's topic is toxic positivity and how to protect your energy. And we also want to acknowledge that it is Mental Health Awareness Month. So this, is, this will be airing on the 28th of May, I believe, is when this episode will drop. We'll catch it just at the tail end of um, this month. Do you want to add anything? No, I just hope that you guys are taking care of yourselves, doing whatever you can for your mental health, going to whatever therapist you need to, speaking to your spiritual practitioners if you need to, getting your readings, doing your tarot, whatever is going to help with your mental health. Pick flowers, go outside, sit on a swing, go on a jungle gym, go to the gym, do whatever makes you happy. Yeah, for all my folks out there that have seasonal depression or just general depression, I do feel like people's moods tend to improve as the weather improves, especially in places like New York, where the weather is very gloomy and dreary and um, kind of miserable for multiple months of the year. So, yes, get outside and enjoy the, the nice weather we're getting. Mm-hmm. Go to the botanical garden, eat some good food, whatever makes you happy. Have a mango. <laughs> No, oh my God, I love oh, the mangoes, baby. The mangoes. So happy. To yes. Make. No, I was um, wondering if the mangoes in um, Arizona are better like year round because the, win- the winter mangoes in New York are not that good. I can't speak for all of Arizona, but I don't think that <laughs> they eat mangoes all year round because, yeah, I don't think they eat mangoes all year round because I don't, it's not always offered. Got you. That makes sense, though, because I assume that mangoes don't exactly flourish in Arizona weather. Yeah, like, it gets so hot out here. But somebody made a video, and it was, like, talking about the idea of, like, there being a mango festival, and all people of color get together and celebrate mangoes and all the different kinds of mangoes, because there's so many kinds, and, like, they cook it in so many different ways. Like, you know, Mm. Thai people have their mango sticky rice, there's mango Mm -hmm. salsa. I know Indian people have their own types of mangoes, mango lassi. Uh, I like eating mangoes with cinnamon. People eat it with turmeric, like like all kinds of stuff. So I feel like there should be a mango festival and just people of color gather together and just have mangoes. Mango, oh my God. You know what's great? Mangoes with like vanilla ice cream. Ooh, I've never had that. That sounds great. Yeah, it's really good. Like if they had a creamsicle, but it was made of mango instead of orange, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I went to Guatemala and I had mango jam, which is basically just you take a ripe, really ripe mango and mash it up and they would keep it in a jar. And at breakfast each day, they would pull out the mango jam. And I was like, wow, this is life changing. I never thought like just to mash up my mango and keep it ready, like on standby to put on my toast. It was so good. That sounds so good. But unfortunately, we're not here to talk about mangoes today. We're here to talk about another topic. (laughs) Michelle, what do you you think that toxic positivity is? What's your definition or understanding of it? 
My definition or my understanding of toxic positivity is just that it's just like, it's just a lot of derailing from people's feelings. If you're going through a hard time, somebody coming up to you and saying, you know, feel better. Don't be sad. Like you said earlier, don't cry. Mm -hmm. Things will get better. You'll get through it. Just kind of like dismissing people's feelings. Like those things aren't hard, terrible to say on their own, but it is terrible when someone is going through something tough and then your response is look on the bright side as if (laughs) (laughs) they're not going through it. And here's a great definition for toxic positivity, although I'm not exactly sure the source of it, but it's toxic positivity is the overgeneralization of a happy, optimistic state that results in denial, minimization, and invalidation of the authentic human emotional experience. Mm. And I feel like that is very that's a very good definition of what it is it's the idea of someone you know denying you your experience or minimizing your experience telling you that what you're going through is not as hard as what other people are going through or comparing their own experiences to yours therefore minimizing your feelings or invalidating them another great word for that is gaslighting mm-hmm. but how would you define toxic positivity the definition i came up with was just the idea that you should only focus on good or positive emotions and thoughts. And I put good and positive with um, quotes around it just because emotions are not inherently good or bad while they're emotions that don't feel very good to feel, you know, like sadness or anger, you know, it's not useful to place a, a value on good, bad, wrong, right? They just are. And yeah, it's, it's a derailing and a minimization and it's like trying to shift the person's focus back to something else that they feel more comfortable talking about um, or acknowledging. I feel like it's, it can often be a selfish reaction because it's based in the person's inability to want to have that discussion. They feel uncomfortable with it and maybe they, they themselves don't know how to talk about it or acknowledge their own don't their own emotions that they experience that are difficult so when they confront somebody else who's going through something similar they don't even know how to respond and so you know and i'd also say selfish not necessarily as a bad bad thing and that they're trying to self-preserve but they're it's doing harm to the other person yeah There's toxic positivity in which you can inflict on yourself where you're not ready to process an emotion and instead of processing it, you repress it and you just try to push it down as much as possible or repress may not be the right word. You might try to Mm -hmm. suppress the emotion by pushing it down and not acknowledging you're actively and consciously trying to keep this emotion away from you or the memory of whatever negative thing away from you so that you can move forward and like compartmentalization can be good to a certain extent but once you get to the point where you're not really getting through it that's when it can lead to a lot of other issues yeah I feel like You know, there's a time and a place. Sometimes people compartmentalize as a way to protect themselves. And they're like, I don't have the capacity to look at, to deal with, to confront this in this moment. So I'm just going to shift my attention over here 
I'm gonna take it and put it in a little box and shove it in the back of the dusty corner of my mind. You know, and I, and I feel like this is also very relevant to our podcast name from the root, which is also like interrelated to like your shadow work and you can shove it to the back of your mind, but it's still there. And at some point it's going to come back up. It's going to be triggered. If you're going to compartmentalize, if you're going to suppress it, just understand that the healthy way is to come back to that at some one point or another so that you can try to process and work through that and then move it up and out of your body rather than letting it sit unacknowledged. Yeah, especially because like you, everybody has gone through some type of trauma in their lives. And when you don't acknowledge them at all, what ends up happening is, is that they still dictate the decisions that you make because they're sitting in your subconscious. And even if though you're not actively acknowledging them, it can change how you respond to people or how people respond to you. Or not only are you denying your reality, but you could also be denying someone else's reality in the process of it by not acknowledging your own feelings. And that's an important thing to consider. And as far as like toxic positivity towards other people, it is like you said, Serena, the more reflection on the person who's trying to project this toxic positivity than it is on the person who's actually trying to process their own emotions. Because what it is showing is I am not emotionally able to handle these negative feelings right now. And the problem, the thing is, is that that's okay. It's totally fine to not be able to do that and recognize that you need, you don't have the emotional capacity and that you need to set your own boundaries because who knows, like what, maybe what they're discussing or wanting to share with you might be triggering towards yourself. It becomes unhealthy when you project that toxic positivity, making it seem like their reality isn't valid. Their truth isn't valid because you're not capable of being able to hold emotional space for them, to do that emotional labor with them. And that's the part that people need to consider is that it's okay to not be able to hold space for someone at the time because you deserve to have your boundaries respected. It's not okay to then project this toxic positivity culture where you're telling them, oh, you'll get through it. You'll get over it. Don't cry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, both parties need to be as self-aware as possible to prevent any harm done to someone else. And also acknowledging when you're wrong and be like, hey, like maybe that wasn't the best thing to say in this moment. I apologize for that, but I don't think I have the capacity to hold space for you in this moment. I like the point. I don't know exactly how you said it, but essentially that, you know, when you're being dishonest about your own emotions with other people, that does a disservice to them as well. I feel like I find among anybody that people have an attraction to see to others who are living in their authentic truth and people who are emotionally responsive and really honest about their emotions. Like that's an attractive quality because you like see them dealing with things and not suppressing anything. And it's attractive because I feel like it's something that we aspire and and want for ourselves as well, or at least I know I do, like when I see people living in their truth, I really admire that quality. And so, yeah, I agree. That's, it's really important to, when you're living your truth, that also accepts, sets an example for others. And I feel like it also gives others permission to live their own truth. Exactly. And also like, 
and also sets a standard so that they're also able to understand that like maybe when they don't have space they can also do the same and just communicate that they don't either so So how would you say toxic positivity is harmful serena i would say it's harmful because it often does not allow people to vent or to be upset it you know, at at the minimum, it creates barriers in place. Because if I come to you, and I'm trying to speak about something that's upsetting me, and your response is to deflect, to suppress, to try to shift my focus, then that communicates to me that like, I can't speak about this to you. And who knows whether or not I'll go to somebody else and share that. Because I also feel like the fact that somebody comes to you and shares something that may be upsetting to them, they're being vulnerable with you. And in that moment of vulnerability, if your response is to, oh, I can't talk to you about this, then that person may not go to somebody else. They may later not even try to continue to process it on their own. So I feel like it doesn't allow people that opportunity. And also it, it labels emotions, like I said earlier, as like bad or good, right or wrong. And To me, emotions are just energy. And like my personal beliefs on emotions, that that emotions are an energy that exists outside of us. Emotions are not ours. They don't belong to us. Like I am not the energy of anger or sadness or happiness. Emotions come to us when they're like, oh, Serena's Serena's a good person to feel feel sadness. I want to be felt and I want to be experienced through Serena. The ideal thing is that you feel that emotion, you process it, and you allow it to pass through you. And all it is 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 an experience and it's information and it's what you take from that information going forward as opposed to being like, oh, no, I don't want to feel it. You're trying to suppress it. When you fight that emotion, a lot of times it just makes it worse for yourself and it makes it harder for you to process that and move it out of your body. Yeah. what, What about you? I think it's harmful in the sense that it, it's it's literally gaslighting. I mean, the definition of gaslighting is is to deny somebody their reality or make them question their own sanity, their own reality, their own truths. And that's what it is because you're saying, oh, you know, look on the bright side of things. There's a difference between <laughs> toxic positivity and genuine optimism. And the difference mm-hmm. is that like optimism can hold space for both things. Like I can say, Serena, I'm really sorry that you're going through that. And I really hope that you feel better because maybe in the future, Mm -hmm. ABCD can happen, but I can hold space for you right now. Well, I can't hold space for you right now. And I really do care about you and I want you to get the help that you need. But I know that this is goes beyond what I'm capable of at this moment. And I hope that you find someone else that you can share that with. Like it can be both Mm -hmm. of those things. By pushing their thoughts to the side and making it seem like they're just, you know, always sad or they're always negative and they don't ever have anything good to say, it does create a a barrier between you and that person because it's like, okay, I can't trust you with my feelings anymore because you're not going to, you're not able to acknowledge them. And there's also like the idea of like, maybe I'm, I am being negative. Maybe I'm not uh, doing whatever I can to make this better. And then there's the, uh, what is it called? Like wallowing as a victim part. Like it, mm. like people can push it into that category as well. Like, oh, you're just allowing mm-hmm. yourself to be the victim again. And it's like, am I? Like, yeah, the, that's a possibility. Like that is always a possibility. But also like people need to be able to sit through negative experiences. Like for instance, last year was a really hard year. 
Like a lot of traumatic mm-hmm. things happened in 2020. A lot of tra- traumatic things happened in 2021. And being able to just sit with somebody through that or letting somebody sit through those emotions and grieve allows for them to see the better side of things. There's like a song by Green Teen Green Tea Pang, and it's called oh, Mr. Sun. <laughs> and <laughs> I love her too. And she like there's like in the first verse, there's a part where she says where she's like talking to the sun, and she's like, "Where have you been? Like I've missed mm. you." And he's like, "Don't worry, I'm always gonna be back." but I got to show you the dark so you can really feel the light. And that's mm. exactly, it comes back to that whole idea of like dark and light side. Both of them are incredibly necessary because the thing is, is that if you have that darkness and you can grieve whatever you need to grieve, it just makes you to feel all of the sunshine and all that good so much better than if everything was always mm-hmm. good all the time and everything was always perfect, then you kind of start to feel numb. Yeah, That's one of the reasons why it's necessary because you need to be able to, to feel all of the things that you feel. There's no reason, like all of your feelings are natural. We need to consider that we always tend to, we tend to demonize all of the feelings that we don't want to have. Happiness is cool. Joy mm-hmm. is great. Bliss is fantastic. But hate, anger, sadness, <laughs> like all of those feelings were just like, throw that to the side. Don't even think about that. And honestly, I really truly believe that this is part of colonialism. It's a colonial issue. Mm, because yes. if we don't acknowledge the fact that we're angry about certain things and we didn't demonize that, then we don't get to feel that valid feeling for things that we have every right to be angry about. When we're not able to feel those feelings, it allows them to just continue on with the cycle. Like think about it with capitalism. If you mm-hmm. were grieving and you had to take real time off so you can grieve, that doesn't benefit capitalism. Mm-hmm. Like sadness does not benefit capitalism. Like you may not be able to do a great job at work because you've been through something really sad and then penalizing you for it. That works for capitalism. Like none of that is about you and your health and your personal growth. I just think that everybody has a right to their feelings. All of these feelings are incredibly valid and they all need to be experienced. And, you know, you let the feelings come through you. And that's what feelings are for. They pass through your body and you're supposed to allow them to pass through your body. Let them sit in the moment, you know, when you're Mm -hmm. in the sunlight in a field of uh, sunflowers, enjoy it. Enjoy the wind blowing against the leaves. Like enjoy the sunflowers swaying above you. Enjoy the hearing the bees, you know, but yeah. when it's sadness, you also need to be able to sit with your feelings and recognize things. Sometimes you don't even recognize so many of your feelings because you don't allow them to come through. And that ends up leading you to repeat patterns. I remember I was like really sad last year because um, I ended a friendship and somebody told me that I needed to review the contract I signed with them. And I was like, what does that mean? And it took me over a month to figure it out. And it was like, and then like, as soon as it clicked, it reminded me that I have signed this contract before. Like I have been in relationships very similar to this with multiple people who, you know, treated me similarly. I would have never known that if I was sitting in this toxic positivity and forcing joy that I Mm -hmm. wasn't experiencing. I would only recognize that in my sadness and me grieving the end of this friendship. 
there are things that you won't even know about yourself if you're not allowed to feel those feelings, if you don't allow yourself to feel those feelings. I think it's really important for people to recognize that like all feelings are valid. We need to be able to acknowledge them all and really consider them. And the toxic positivity culture is just so unhealthy (laughs) and it's okay to not hold, be able to hold space, but like recognize the difference between your boundaries and someone else's feelings. Yeah, I love I love that review the contract you signed because that's like on the one hand, it's an acknowledgement of what role did I play and what did I sign up for, while also simultaneously acknowledging what the other person did. Toxic positivity doesn't allow for that, right? It doesn't allow for that depth of inquiry. And I love, love, love the commentary about capitalism. Like toxic positivity is an agent of capitalism. Toxic positivity is an agent of white supremacy. I was watching somebody on Instagram. I don't follow this person. I randomly came across their page because of something someone else shared. And I was like looking through their posts and I didn't name it back then, but it was absolutely toxic positivity. It was a black man who is basically being like, you know, black people need to stop playing the victim, da da da. Like racism isn't that bad, or like, and it was I, And now that as I'm reflecting on that, and your comparison of how um, toxic positivity is used uh, to support capitalism, it's used in the same way to support all of these structures, where it's just like, you know, stop looking at that and stop focusing on that. But it's like, no, this is a real system. So let's actually create some kind of inquiry and look at this and talk about this. You know, we can talk about the th- the bad things that are ha- that have happened, the the structures in place that are wrong and oppressive, and we can name that and talk about the feelings that that evokes. And we can also talk about like what solutions we want to generate and how we want to move forward. And we can talk about dismantling those systems. And talk, but toxic positivity doesn't allow for it th- that because it just says. Oh, just look on the bright side. Look on the bright side of capitalism, which is really is like there's really not a bright side. Like that's what it tries. It tries to trick you. It tries to fool you. It tries to gaslight you and say, you know, everything's okay. Like what you're feeling isn't really valid. And no, it's it's valid and it's coming up for a reason. Yeah, I remember like two years ago, I got an aura card, like a um, an aura reading. Where they, I took a picture and it showed, oh. you know, my auras. And the biggest ones that came up was blue, uh, which is my throat chakra. Purple, mm. which is my, which one is the that? Throat. Is it the crown? Is that third eye? Yeah. So okay. Pink. So purple is the third yeah. eye chakra and then crown is pink. And so it was all blue, purple, and pink, right? And I'm, like, reading through the scripts of everything. And it was so cute because it was talking about how I'm, like, this fairy because here I am and I'm in my spiritual world. I'm all these, like, high, higher chakras and stuff like that. And I thought it was such a great thing. And then I realized (laughs) it is. It's beautiful. But it's also... Not that great, because what it's saying is also that I have a huge imbalance. Like there, mm. I'm missing the root, the sacral, <laughs> everything else, <laughs> the solar plexus chakra. Like all of that is lacking, and I'm just up in the clouds. And the problem with that is, is that being up in these clouds, you're not really aligned with the reality that you're truly living in. You're aligned with all of the realities that you want to happen, like your spiritual realities and the realities that happen in other realms. 
that's a great thing, but it's also not balanced and it can lead to a lot of mental illness because mm-hmm. here you are and you're living in all these other realities besides the one that you're truly engaged with. And whenever life brings you back down to the true reality of like living on earth as a human being, you can't deal with it. Yeah. You can't process it. And then all these realities start happening to you and you could be harmed in the process of you being up in the clouds and in this other reality. And then anytime you come down to it, you're just so overwhelmed that you just keep trying to float back up. But the problem is, is that at some point, the earth will ground you. The earth is going to pull you down because we are mm-hmm. always sitting in gravity. When it does, like you realize all the things that you've neglected in this reality because you were too busy up there. And mm. that's not healthy. It's not healthy. It can lead to a lot of emotional and mental illnesses because you're trying to avoid your truth. And then it hurts that much more when you get back to things. Mm-hmm. So like, for instance, let's say you were in a breakup. Instead of allowing yourself to wallow and deal with a breakup, you're over here looking at the reality of what if things were different? What if that person didn't do what they did? What if things did work out? And you live in this reality in your head of all of these things that should have happened and could have happened and what you deserve, but what didn't happen. And then every mm-hmm. time it comes back to you that that's not the true reality and you're not connected to that person anymore because it's broken now. And you haven't healed from it still. It hurts that much more because you didn't really, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like nothing really happened. It's okay to dream about these things happening in the future, but also acknowledge the fact that you need to heal now. But if you're skipping over to like this fantasy of what you really want to happen that hasn't really happened yet, what Mm -hmm. happens then? (laughs) That's neglecting yourself. Yeah, that's spiritual bypassing. um, mm Mm-hmm. That's, that's a, a good word. That's a good phrase. Do. I like that. Spiritual bypassing. I, I feel like we talked about that recently, or maybe it was just the concept of it. But I think spiritual bypassing is a, a newer term that I've seen. And actually, when I was looking into toxic positivity, they talked about that as being spiritual bypassing and how you'll see a lot of toxic positivity in these so-called like spiritual communities or people that are using that as a method to spiritually bypass and it's because there's an imbalance there yeah we need to be able to acknowledge both and i think the minute that we do the whole world can be balanced out a lot better even when we talk about Mm -hmm. spiritual healers and we mentioned this on the first episode of like white spiritual healers ignoring the fact that they need to process racism Mm. and just moving (laughs) on to like whatever their fairy selves are like when you you're not acknowledging Mm -hmm. Like, then who is the healing for, I guess, is what you need to also consider. Like, I think when we think about healing, you need to consider, like, yourself. And then you also need to consider the community that you're surrounded with because that's the reality of your life. Like, you're not living alone. You are living with people all the time. And there's always – you are literally – never ever alone you can live by yourself on a farm right and you're still not alone because who gave you the farm you didn't just magically get this farm somebody has given you this farm right you always have your ancestors who are always behind you whether you recognize it or not and there's so many of them because you have two parents and four grandparents and eight great grandparents and it keeps going back so you're literally never alone when are you going to acknowledge the communities that are surrounding you that are living in the reality that you're trying to avoid? Exactly. We're all we're all interconnected as humans. I'm very much so both and, like yes and, 
and I, I guess I've heard recently that's very like Gemini energy. So that's my Gemini moon coming through, but it's like, yeah, you're an individual. You're having an experience based on your experience of reality. And you're also an interconnected energetic being that came before and will come after. And you do, we do have a responsibility for how we show up in this universe and how we show up in this world. And also what you do is going to impact others and it's going to come back and impact you. The energy you put out is going to come back Mm -hmm. and impact you, whether or not you want to acknowledge it. So with, with everything we've said on what toxic positivity is and how it's harmful, how would you say that you are managing your mental health when situations come up that are difficult? So I'm not going to lie, especially recently, I've been having a hard time trying to process that. But the thing is, I am still highly an emotional person. So even if I mentally try to um, <laughs> process something or compartmentalize, there will always be a part of me that's like, you need to go back and, and like get through this. So like recently, I've been going through my own personal things with a family member of mine. And I've been trying to ignore it because I have midterms coming up for school. And that's very important to me. But the problem is I realize it's so much harder for me to study for my midterms because I'm not all the way present. And even though I've compartmentalized this thing, it's always sitting in the back of my mind. So I finally addressed it and wrote everything I needed to write down. And um, I'm in the process of trying to figure out a way of communicating that to the family member. But doing the work of finally processing my emotions and putting them down on paper, even though it took forever to do, allowed me to free myself up to be able to study better, to move better. I don't feel as stagnant anymore. So at some point, I do try to um, address my emotions because I I know that I'm not capable of compartmentalizing forever. So I think that's one thing that I do to help with the whole thing. The other thing is recognizing the good as well as the bad. Like it really sucks that this is where life is right now, but I can always lift myself back up. And I think knowing that really is helpful. Like the idea of, um, I don't know, like there's a song by Alabama Shakes called This Feeling where they talk about like, I'm in such a happy space right now. And I really hope that you can kind of be in the space with me. But if you were to ever try to hurt, hurt me or break me, I will be okay. I love that. Mm -hmm. And I think that mentality of me knowing that I will always figure it out, even if I do need to process my grieving feelings, is helpful for me. So that's the overall, I guess, idea in my head, which allows me to be able to handle things a little bit better. And I also have resources. Like I have great, highly intelligent, emotionally intelligent friends. I have therapy. I, I journal. I can express myself in different ways. And all of these different ways allows me to like have outlets for my own, for taking care of myself. What about for you? Thank you. Yeah. So I I did want to add also a piece of research that I found and I pulled this from, so you want to talk about, which is an IG page or at, so you want to talk about if people want to find it. But they had a post about toxic positivity and specifically the research was pulled from Washington Post. And that said, research has shown that accepting negative emotions rather than avoiding or dismissing them may actually be more beneficial for a person's mental health in the long run. One 2018 study tested the link between emotional acceptance 
and psychological health in more than 1,300 adults and found that those who habitually avoid acknowledging challenging emotions can end up feeling worse. So I feel like that kind of also summarizes the points that we discussed earlier about what it is and why it's harmful. And prior to like looking into it, I didn't realize that there was an actual like any studies or correlation between how harmful it can be. I definitely wanted to elevate that. You know, I really appreciate you, Michelle, for starting out, you know, your response on like what you're using and also acknowledging that like you're you're not always maybe using the best um, techniques or skills at the time, like, you know, that you struggle at times. And I feel like that's very human. You know, I think sometimes people are from the outside looking in and like they might identify you as someone who like, oh, this person has it together. They're they're doing this, that and the third and all these things. And it's like, no, sometimes I just eat pizza for a week straight (laughs) and because it's comforting for me. And that was another thing I learned how to be mindful of food, which there's like whole studies on like the the gut uh, brain connection and everything. But Mm -hmm. how you use foods or even other things as self-soothing because of what it reminds you and your connection to like its childhood significance often. And so like I love anime, I love cartoons, and I love fantasy books and all of that stuff. And I know that those are like deeply connected to like me as a child and what I experienced and like as a child, that was also like an escape mechanism. And so mm-hmm. when I'm going through things, sometimes I'm like, I'm just going to binge on this series and, you know, sit and eat pizza because it's comforting and it feels really good. Even though I am lactose intolerant, I should not be eating that much dairy. And I feel terrible and lethargic after doing it. And I can, I'll, I do that. And I also recognize to just have compassion for myself and know that like you know it's okay like sometimes that's just that's just where I'm at you know and that's all right <laughs> I one of the like I love that because that's me too like I my favorite my um what do you call it I have like a show <laughs> that I use for rainy days which is Bob's Burgers I love Bob's Burgers um <laughs> I think if anybody knows me they'd know that like I, I stand <laughs> yes. for Bob's Burgers <laughs> And also the dairy thing. I'm not lactose intolerant, but I definitely have um, I'm, I have a, a dairy sensitivity. But one of the things that you can do to help is like take like a lactose enzyme beforehand. Like you can take, mm. yeah, like you could do that or um, take some, what's it called? Like pro prebiotics, prebiotics. Uh, so like um, having kefir, kombucha, like things like that so that you can have the bacteria in your digestive system you need to break down the dairy because I do I definitely have those days too like usually um I'll go to Trader Joe's and get one of their pizzas or um they have this like mushroom fettuccine pasta that I love but I like I'm not good good. I have sensitivity to gluten and dairy but I will (laughs) I will get that and prep myself ahead of time for so I can enjoy it hopefully as guilt-free as possible or at least I try you know Yes, thank you. See, you like that. That's harm reduction there. Take, you know, yeah. if you want to do it, take this beforehand. You know, do everybody yeah. around you a favor. Yeah, that's who. Yeah. 
Yeah, I definitely, I don't always have the best techniques. And lately I have been on that, but I'm trying to be better and more consistent. And that's like simple things like taking my vitamins. Like I feel better. I take vitamin D since I found out in the fall that I had a vitamin D deficiency. Mm -hmm. And I know that's correlated to the fact that there's like no sunshine here. (laughs) I love herbs during the pandemic. I had such, such high anxiety, like any sound, loud sound I heard and wasn't, wouldn't even necessarily be a sound. It might be news. I would flinch. I would like, and it was because there was just so much every single day. And I started using lavender back then, lavender oil, which I love in general. It smells really good. And I carried that with me everywhere I went, my little rolly lavender. And like, it's so good just because it's like, a, it's a nervine. I, and it's just naturally, it's very soothing. It's simple. It's inexpensive. That lasted me for many months. And then I view, I use CBD, CBD oil as well. I still use it. And that was to help me with sleeping. I wanted to get on a good sleep cycle. I have used melatonin. And melatonin is also natural, but I know it's not intended for long-term use. And I and I read a little bit into it, but I, I always try to steer clear of things that I'm like, you know, you're not supposed to use it long-term. Melatonin would leave me kind of groggy the next morning sometimes, which I don't like that feeling. And that's not the whole, that kind of destroys the purpose of me taking it to get a good night's sleep just to feel still tired the next day. So I started taking CBD oil. I also took CBD oil because I like injured my back during the pandemic, didn't, wasn't able to go to a doctor, had very severe pain, like muscular pain. And um, CBD oil also can help with like muscular pain and things like that. It was such a huge help. It was such a huge relief. So I've definitely leaned a lot on herbs. I do my teas and things like that as well. And I have not been good about yoga lately because I moved and my floor is hard. Like mm. <laughs> it's hard and it's cold. And I have one of the thickest yoga mats and it's still, I can I can't do yoga on it for an extended period because it's very painful. But yoga is also one of the, the big things I lean on. And like the thing is people will see me doing yoga a lot. Like sometimes I don't want to do yoga. I don't feel like it. I don't want to go through the motions. But I feel better after. I've recognized that about some of my practices that some days I'm, I really enjoy doing it, but other days I'm doing it just because I know there's an end game. And then other days I'm like, I'm just going to sit and watch anime and eat my pizza and that's just got to be enough. <laughs> that's great that you do that. I guess any, any, thing, uh, any other things that I'd want to add to how I take care of myself, my mental health during difficult times definitely practicing gratitude Mm -hmm. not in that like look on the bright side toxic positivity kind of way because I do see people utilizing gratitude in that way but just an acknowledgement of what I do have because even in really difficult times like it's helped me a lot to just acknowledge what I do have give gratitude for that and I do feel like gratitude has been transformative in my life in that way It's generally like a practice of abundance, acknowledging all the things that are present. And if you aren't grateful for what you do have, and I saw somebody say this earlier, like if you're not even grateful for what you do have, why do you think the universe is going to give you more when you're not even appreciating Mm. what you already have? And as I've like been more grateful for what I do have, I've really seen like abundance work like wonders in my life. 
And even like shit like Marie Kondo, like that's how she approaches things. Like even as you're giving something away and releasing it from your life, you give gratitude. Like, thank you. Now bye. <laughs> You've that's served your I purpose. In friendships or mm-hmm. like in any type of relationship, I always like think about like the lesson that I learned from them, what I appreciated about them. And then I also think about like things I would do differently and then I'll let them go. Yeah. And that makes me feel a lot better actually. That's such a beautiful way to release somebody yeah. from your life because they were there for some reason. And I, it is, I do feel like it's kind of messed up when you were like, you release somebody and you're just like, F that person, da da da, and like going in on them. And it's just like, that, but they did play a role, some kind of role in your life. And it, there was some point that it was a positive relationship. And even though it may not be that at present, it's like, so giving gratitude for whatever role they played during the time you had together. I think like a lot of people tend to miss that when they go into that, uh, like that's um, I hate you thing. Cause it's true. Like there's so many things that you have to be grateful for. Like if it wasn't for like one of the people I've dated in the past, like I don't really have much respect for that person at all. But one mm. thing I do appreciate is like something that she said inspired me to go natural. And because of mm. her, like that's the only reason why I went natural is because she was just like, well, I mean, like you could continue to have perms if you want to, but at some point, you know, you plan on going natural. Why not start now? And I was like, you're right. It's so, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like that stuck with me. And I think a lot mm. of people don't recognize that. Like, not everything has to end and it be like this horrible thing where, like, every time you see each other, it's beef or whatever. Like, I got like those things can definitely happen. I definitely have experiences with people where I don't like them. But even then, it's never like beef. It's just like we don't have to acknowledge each other's existence anymore because we're we're beyond that. Like, it's yeah. it's too bad for us to ever go back, and that's okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like, that also goes with that whole idea of challenging things. I really feel like the way that people define hate is ridiculous. Like, mm. hate doesn't have to be... Like, they're like, oh, my God. Like, when you hate somebody, it means that you, like, are burning so much energy, and it's such a whole powerful word. Are you sure you want to mm. use the word hate? Yes! <laughs> I hate that person. <laughs> yes, I meant what I said. I said what I said. Like, it doesn't have to be this whole thing of, like... Like, now, every time I see them, I'm emitting all this energy out and, like, I'm just trying to ruin their life. Like, it doesn't have to be all that. Like, it could just be, like, anytime, at least for me, hate to me means you will never be in my life again. Like, I have Mm -hmm. no interest in you ever entering my life again because whatever happened was just so terrible that I just refused for that to happen again. But that doesn't mean that, like on site every time I see them it's a problem and like we're gonna fight or something or like (laughs) or that like you know I'm always like trying to like ruin their life and like it takes such a toll on me it doesn't mean all of that to me it's just like oh okay like let's say like I have a mutual friend and they like post them on their Instagram post or something so I saw their face and I'm just like yeah I still hate that nigga and then I just keep Mm -hmm. it moving like it's not that deep yeah Uh, like i know that (laughs) i never thought of it that way but yeah because the honestly like the the other the other spin on it is really like vengeance because like vengeance is more like the active and like persistent like i'm trying i want vengeance i feel vengeance towards this person as opposed to hate where it's just like i hate you yeah, like I just don't like like I strongly dislike you. That is that is true. I I for a fact do strongly dislike you, but it doesn't necessarily mean like every time I see you it's a problem. Like it doesn't have to be all of that. Even like 
the other day, like there was this girl, my friend and I do not like because she just has done some terrible things to both mm. of us. We were joking about like her because she does have some interesting qualities. Like she has really, she's very engaging and things like that. And we would always joke about her being a cult leader. And we were like, yo, when she gets <laughs> up on that Netflix, <laughs> she's gonna, like one day, I know she's going to be on the, like, I know she's going to have her own cult and she's going to be the first black queer, like cult leader to have her own Netflix special. And when she does, that's the day I'm claiming her. I'm going to be like, that bitch hated me. I knew her personally. Like, <laughs> Like, it doesn't have to be this whole thing of, like, <laughs> this anger. Like, I don't have, like, anger towards this person anymore. It happened years ago. Like, whatever. But it can still be funny. Like, no, we don't like each other. And every time I see her, like, we don't ever have to acknowledge each other's presence. But, like, it doesn't always have to be this horrible thing. Sometimes it can be funny or whatever. Like, every time we look at emotions, like, we deem this thing of, like, good and bad. And it's mm-hmm. like, why does it always have to be that? Like, sometimes it's just okay for things to just be what it is. Like, yeah, to just let feel it. Just it. Be that. Yeah, like don't deny me my feelings and tell me I don't hate whoever I hate. If I hate them, I hate them. Like, what? The, mm-hmm. It's not that bad. Yes, if I'm sad, so I'm sad. Like, be let like... me feel my feelings. Let me process my feelings. It doesn't mean that it always has to sit forever. Maybe that strong feeling of that first initial feeling of hate is very intense, but that doesn't mean that it yeah. has to be forever. And I just wish that people would. Um, be more considerate of that. Yeah. Challenge the way that you think about things. It's not, not everything has to be this whole thing of like, oh my God, these are bad feelings and these are good feelings. Like, mm-hmm. I like that. Because honestly, like if you had something that happened to you, there's like that, it was a very sad moment, a very sad instance. And you know, you see something, you experience something that it makes, that reminds you of that. And you're like, oh, I feel sad. And then you move on. Cause you, that was, it reminded you in that moment you felt sad. Why would it be any different with somebody you hated? Like nothing else has happened to change that initial experience except time. So, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> yeah, I still hate you. Like nothing's changed that experience. <laughs> yeah. Like all of it is just so interesting. Like even like I mentioned it before in the ego episode, but burning bridges. People are like, oh my God, burning bridges is so bad. Like, what if you need them as a employer later? Why the hell would I want you as an employer? If I hate you right now, right? if we don't get along right now, <laughs> why would that change later on? Supervisor for. Like, nah. why do I want you to why would I want to work for you again? Like, I want to move on and do better and like recognize things. Like, it's also part of the process, is like when you're going through a bad situation or you're in this negative place, like like hold space for that, but also recognize what you actually want going forward. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like recognize all the things that didn't work, why they didn't work and what you would want to improve on for the future, right? If that's the case, then why exactly would you want to continue to work for them when you know that they're not willing to provide you those things that you want in the future? If they're going to continue to provide you this toxic environment, then what's the point? Like burn the bridge. Because exactly. if they were a real person who was really interested in changing and then end up being this great person in the future, that person would also acknowledge that the way that they treated you wasn't great. Exactly. That's just goofy. Going to work for somebody I hate. The hell? Yeah. Well, so I could be miserable again? I don't think so. Burn that bridge. <laughs> Make sure that you burn it real good so that you can never go back and you progress further forward. <laughs> so... No. I don't know. Like, I just, I want people to challenge the way that they they think about emotions. And maybe that's also part of this whole idea of toxic positivity is being able to recognize that we need to challenge ourselves and our emotions better. And it's not just about like the gaslighting and not holding space, but it's, it's for all of the feelings. 
It's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel angry. It's okay to have jealousy. All of these feelings are good to a certain extent, like everything in moderation, right? If you were happy all the time, let's say somebody in your family died and you were happy, I would be concerned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you happy? Somebody important to you just passed. You're going to let toxic positivity, like, <laughs> right? navigate that? I don't really understand. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, serial killer vibes. Because Ooh! what's going on? Did you so happy? What are you For happy? real. Sociopath much? Like, did you? Like, did this person die naturally? Or was it you? Like, <laughs> we just need to consider all of that. So, to close out our episode, as we always do, Shine Theory Michelle, do you have something? I've got something. So if you want to think about yours. You can start. Okay. So I want to talk about Brown Girl Jane. Brown Girl Jane. Like As I mentioned, I use CBD oil and I get mine from Brown Girl Jane. It is a plant-based wellness and beauty business that creates CBD products. I recently purchased their bundle of Balance, Glow, and Rest. So balance is the CBD oil that you use during the daytime. Rest is the oil that you use at night. And then glow is their CBD oil for your skin. So I use all three. I love the rest. Like I said, like it really helps with my sleep. You know, I take it maybe an hour before I go to bed and it just gets me ready for bed. And then sometimes I'll use the balance during the daytime if I'm feeling any kind of anxiety. I do feel like that helps a lot. And especially if I have coffee and sometimes the caffeine makes me jittery. So I feel like that can take away the jitters and give me like that caffeine boost without like the jitteriness. So this is a black owned business. It's owned by three black women. And originally I was buying CBD oil from a local shop in New York City, but it was a little bit overpriced. While I do like love shopping local, I like the idea of supporting three black women better. So Brown Girl Jane, of course, as always, we will link that in the description of the episode. Okay. I'm going to say two and one of them is not black. So I want to make that clear, but I, I like, I'm going to cut this part of the episode anyway, but <clears throat> the black one is Tiffany Aliche. So Tiffany Aliche is the budget Nista and she just came out with a oh book called Get Good With Money. I, I need an accountability partner. Um, so if anybody who knows me personally would like to be my accountability partner or if I'll um, be your accountability partner. Perfect. Okay. I will get you this book. Um, I really want to read this book um, because I'm not great with money like at all. And I recognize that that is a huge flaw that I have. I'm not like sitting over here in like credit card debt at all, but I am somebody who doesn't know enough about it. I would like to be financially literate. I would like to be financially whole. And this book talks about a lot and she's done a few interviews. I mean, honestly, I don't even know that Tiffany Liche ever needs any more I mean, you know, she's a great black woman and she does a lot for the community, actually, like a lot for the community. She offers a lot of free things for people. She offers affordable things for people. And then she also has her books. And um, I'm not sure if she does any financial consulting anymore, but she's fantastic, especially with the amount that she really does do for the black community. Anybody who's even listened to an interview gets like a like from her podcast, like the podcast that she's interviewed with, you're already getting like free advice over things that are really, really helpful. Like she's definitely helped me understand credit scores and things like that better. So I would suggest 
getting get good with money. I think that all people of color need to be more financially free as, as possible while we live in a state of capitalism. We live in a state of capitalism. Just like we were saying earlier, there's no reason to try to ignore that we do. We do. And there's not really much of a way of escaping that here while also being safe at the same time. So we got to make the most of what we got. And this is a great way of doing that. So Get Good With Money by Tiffany Aliche, the budgetista. And oh, the black, the non-black one. So I actually don't have any idea what their um, like nationalities are. I can't tell if they're white or if they're indigenous or whatever. So I've been excited about this deodorant <laughs> for weeks. Like it's a deodorant, I know, but this deodorant is bomb, and I will explain why. So this is from Dry Wild. Dryland Wilds, drylandswilds.com. And they basically wildcraft herbs and make their own herbal everything. Like they have their own oils and things like that. But I saw TikTok and they talked about deodorant and there's this deodorant called desert deodorant that they sell. And they have one that has baking soda in it and they have a baking soda free one, which is the one I got because um, baking soda can irritate the skin and I don't really know how my skin feels about it. So I try, I'm trying this one out. But basically... You put this thing on and you put it on once a day, every day for like a week or two weeks. And then after that, you can gradually decrease how much you use it. So you're using less deodorant in the future. And the reason why is because of the fact that this has antimicrobial properties. So it kills the bacteria in your armpits that, that produce like smells. So basically the only reason why people smell is because of bacteria in their sweat glands. Mm -hmm. And this will actually kill off those bacteria. And it's not an antiperspirant. You will still sweat, but you will at least not stink. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's a great product to have because like, you know, there's so many natural deodorants out there that don't work. One. (laughs) And two, like, um, (laughs) like people in the past didn't always wear deodorant. Like there was no such thing as deodorant at one point. And there had to be ways of them getting around. I don't think they were just stinking up all the places. And I think this might be a good alternative. So I'm using it. Just started this week. Nobody has told me I smell. Um, I also don't sweat that much in general unless I'm working out. So it's been great for me. I know that people who do like have a stronger odor will wear this and they'll just wear it for longer than like the one or two weeks. But over time, they do, will decrease. So yeah, I would suggest... Getting this cute deodorant, they they got really popular after this person posted a TikTok of them. And um, at this moment, I think they sell out within an hour or two hours of them posting that it's, you know, being sold online. But I would suggest trying it. And it's like, you know, it's natural. It's a small company. They wildcraft their things. So they're using medicine very ethically. And I think that's important, too. Thank you for all of our listeners today, chat and listening to us chat about toxic positivity and how to protect your energy. And we look forward to catching you next time on From the Root Podcast. Yes, have fun, enjoy your lives, and take care of yourself during this mental health May. Bye.